Hi, I'm Caleb. I'm a cardist, and I'm interviewing other cardists to see how and why they create, so we can learn how to grow as a community. Welcome to Cardistry Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cardistry Talk. This is episode 21. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm using a new camera setup, so hopefully the video quality is a little bit better. If you're listening to this in podcast version, you can find this also on YouTube if you want to see the faces of my viewers or heaven forbid myself. Um, but today <laughs> I am joined by the cardistry legend known as Greg. Yeah, you may legend, know man. his flourishes that he posts on Instagram. He posts some pretty complex and uh, really great things. Greg, welcome to the show. And, Thank you for uh, having me. Talking with you. Yes, yes. Hopefully this will go great. Mm-hmm. Right before this, we were actually talking for about like 15, 20 minutes and I forgot to hit the record button. So we're going right back at it. Yes. <laughs> so unfortunately, that was a pretty big oof on my part. But um, Greg, uh, I know we already answered this question, but kind of how did you get started into cardistry uh, for the people out there? So, okay. So I started about, I think it was like 20, 2012, 2013. And I had done magic for about two weeks and I got completely bored of it. I wasn't really, I wasn't really as interested into it as I thought I would, uh, I, I thought I would be. And I saw a random video for a, a card flourish and I didn't know what card flourishes were at the time, but um, it was by Zach Mueller. And it was around the time that I think he was dropping Red Fontaine's. Um, and it was for Seattleite, and I kind of just fell in love with how how uh, technically it, like difficult it looked, and I mean honestly, just like the beauty of it, you know. Like, and I I think that really gave me the motivation to sit down and actually try to learn. And uh, at first, I couldn't do it at all, you know. And I didn't I didn't sit down to learn any prerequisites. I didn't know what they were at the time, but um you know, something, something pushed me to just try to learn. And for the most part, I'm pretty much self-taught, like just by watching people and, and observing and trying to redo those, those actions, those motions I saw in videos. And it's kind of how I started, man. Mm -hmm. I like that you said you're self-taught too, because I don't think a lot of people realize, I think I probably start maybe a little bit before you, but around the same time, when I first started cardistry, but back then, like there wasn't as much resources when it came to like video tutorials, like there wasn't no cardistry bootcamp and stuff like that. Exactly. It's, it's become a lot easier for beginners to, to pick up a deck and just start learning from, from the get go, you know, like I really had to like sift through and, and figure out what the, what the basics were, like, like individual things that I had to learn. I kind of had to figure it out for myself. And I mean, I take pride in that. You know, and for those those newer cardists, like that doesn't mean I'm I'm you know trashing on these these boot camps you know at all, but like it's become a lot more effective, and people can become can can take that step from beginner to intermediate so much quicker now instead of having to just start from scratch and learn everything on your own, you know. Mm -hmm. And like yeah, I mean I mean basically exactly what what you said. Did you ever have to go through the process of like? putting a video in super slow motion and like analyzing oh, yeah. it to try to recreate it. 
And for a long time, I didn't even realize that you could put something in slow motion. Like, I really didn't. Like, I didn't even think about that. And I would just do it on my phone. And if I was working on, like, say, like, Charlier Cut, I'd have my phone in my right hand. And I'd just be, like, sitting there, like, messing with my fingers, like, moving them, like, centimeters at a time. Like, trying to, like, figure out how to get the packet to move exactly how you want, you know. And I would just watch the same video over and over and over again. And, you know, it... it after a long time, it worked, but it definitely was not effective at all. <laughs> it wasn't efficient. Sorry, it was effective. It was not efficient is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, something that a lot of people right now probably don't have to go through as much. Oh, yeah. Unless it's like something. In, or something. Yeah, something incredibly difficult. Yeah. When it comes to cardistry in general, when, you, when you're trying to sit down and like create a move this is a question i like to ask everybody is do you have like any sort of creative process when you go to make a move does it differ every time kind of what's the process for for you personally i wish that it was as as easy as just returning to the same process over and over again because i unfortunately fall into the the realm of cardists who take months and months and I've taken even years on moves to completely be satisfied with them before really posting them or saying that it's done. But, you know, I'm more of a hand thinker. And I think, I I, I think Matt has talked about this before, but um, Matt Fox has talked Mm -hmm. about this before, but um, very few cardists are honestly like head thinking, like conceptualizing, artist when it comes to cards like like it's really hard to sit down and think about what you want to achieve and then actually going and achieving exactly what you had imagined it's just it's really difficult and because there's so many different factors that come into play you could you could honestly conceptualize something in your head and you might think it's great and then you go to sit down and do it and then you actually get it but you don't like how it turned out you it looked cool in your head but it didn't really work in your hands whereas you know if like I'm a hand thinker, so I kind of just sit, I just sit down with the deck and I mess with, with this mechanic and I make little adjustments to certain openers or, or main actions. And I kind of just take all these little bits and pieces and I kind of just put them together. And the hardest part is obviously seamlessly putting them together, you know, like trying to figure a way to, to fit all these pieces together. But um, yeah, it's, it's honestly just, I wouldn't say random because I purposely I, I like years ago I would have said random but that would have been an ignorant thought because I hadn't really like sat down and thought about what it really means for something to be random like in cardistries like specifically because for something to be random it just has to happen by like completely by accident like without your thought you know like I have a video on my um on my Instagram where uh I I balance, I think I, I think I, it was a one-handed cut that I, I, I toss over my thumb pinky stall. Yeah. And I catch it directly on the, the center of the packet. And I had sat down like three hours before that and was like, I'm going to catch this packet on my pinky just, just cause. And it didn't work for so long. I just, it kept falling. Like the, the cars would just spill all over the floor. Like and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to actually sit down and do this because I think it's going to look cool. And I just got so fed up after about two and a half hours of sitting there in front of my phone. And it kind of just, it just happened. And I somehow finished it like clean, you know, like I was expecting to, to land it 
and then for everything to just fall. Like I was just gonna didn't really know how to clean it up, but it kind of just worked out. And I like it was perfectly like centered on camera and everything. Like that, that was random. Like I didn't I, I knew what I wanted to do, but like the fact that it happened when it did and that I caught it on camera exactly dead center camera, like that was that whole like all of the extraneous factors were random but the 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 conceptual idea was there you know like the randomness where where it comes to creating packet cuts which is what i i love to do it it you like maybe dropping a packet and you catching it like randomly in a finger would be like a random thing that happens but if i'm adjusting my fingers to a certain edge of the of of a packet or or using a different finger instead of another one like 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 I would have called that random before because I'm not technically using my brain to do that. I'm just kind of just doing it, but it's not random because in a way I'm doing it on purpose because I'm trying to find something different. So I don't know if, I don't know if I was rambling or not, but like, like basically I, I thought I was a random cardist. Like my creative process was random, but I realized that it's not random. I'm just not head thinking. I'm hand thinking. Yeah. You have like, certain motions or ideas that are that are up there that you right. can do comfortably whether you realize it or not and then it just kind of folds into each other exactly and i think like that's a lot of what people are most proud of when they make moves a lot of times it's something that just kind of happens naturally and they don't mm. really understand why um a lot of times that's i think because of hand eye not hand eye coordination muscle memory is one yeah whether yeah they realize like, it's there or not i like yeah. A lot of my moves, like you said, are kind of like how you said with that pinky stall, like I'll have something I want to do. A lot of my moves are like foot stalls and stuff that I've been creating lately. Oh, okay. But I'll have something that I'll know like is theoretically possible and then I just got to do it. And those are some of the most frustrating moves because it'll take forever to yeah. like get to the point where you can do it you just got to get over that wall like that, like, yeah. like that, that, uh, that ability to even come close. Like, I don't know if you know how to do the padilla or not. Um, no, that's one I haven't learned. I don't really yeah. have much interest in it to be honest, but it, it's dude, I learned it. Don't it's <laughs> just, unless you really want to sit down and learn it, go ahead. But like, as long as you can pirouette, I think you're fine. Like that's cool enough. Like pirouette is fine. Like, padiddle is so impossible oh my goodness it is a listen if like if i could like emphasize this enough it is literally a feeling it is actually a feeling in your finger that you like you you really feel the weight of the card as it's spinning on your finger like you really it's just it, the the fact that i sat down and learned that move still boggles my mind today because it was so frustrating i think it took me six months of just spinning a damn card on my finger Mm -hmm. to figure it out because i mean there is no tutorial for that like tobias even like i think he tried to put out a tutorial uh like i think it was a tips video because there is no tutorial for padiddle like you just have to like feel it like it, it i don't know i can't even explain it like it's one of those moves like yeah i think like i was i was listening to like a cardistry con stream at one point recently and like zach was talking about how like you'll feel like that hook for the first time and like, that's like, once you feel that hook, you can kind of like piece it together, but like, it mm. takes like hours to get to like, to figure out. And obviously, like mm -hmm. I said, I don't know it, but, um, right. if Zach says it, it must be true. 
No, exactly. Like it's it's like kind of like a it, yeah. It's a, it's a feeling like pretty much like you get to a point where you're like, I understand this enough. Like me me my brain and my hands understand this enough to where I feel like okay, I can definitely do this. Like for sure. Like I can I can honestly get this done. Going back to like I don't. You said it takes sometimes months or like a year even up to to create a move, right? For you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've had moves that have created in weeks, but generally a couple months at least mm -hmm. for me to be satisfied yeah i think there's a difference between like how i create and how like you or like i think maybe chase duncan creates where they have like a really slow really methodical looking at every option mm. you got people like me who just kind of like oh this is done <laughs> like <laughs> I, I wish i was like that man because i i feel like like, I mean, do you have any, do you have any doubts? Like when you finish something, like, do you ever doubt it? This is my philosophy and what I've gone by. And is that, um, whether or not it's good is not my decision to make. That's like the viewer's decision to make. I have to decide whether or not I like to physically do it myself. Okay. And that's how I okay. make stuff. Um, I don't think I necessarily make like insane moves or anything like I don't think I have anything as complex as like you or or some other people in the community but I have stuff that I'm proud of and that I think others enjoy um and I think it comes down to a lot of like use like we were talking about like having the motion that we come back to on our head like the hand thing yeah like I'll have something that I'll make and then it just kind of forms together on itself and I don't question it too much okay um, that, that that's really honestly that's really interesting um so okay i have a couple questions so okay when so do you, so you value you obviously okay so you said yourself that, that uh, like as long as you can perform it like and you're okay with doing that that's that's fine like like you're happy with it and you but do you do you value the viewer's reaction more than your than your own to the move or is it more or less like a mechanical thing like like do you just want to be able to do something and call it your own mm -hmm. i think when i first got back into cardistry this year it was having something and calling it my own okay. um recently like we were talking about earlier i kind of fell into like the social media trap of like all that stuff mm. and i realized i wasn't enjoying it as much so i'm like i'm trying to get back to where i'm just creating stuff and doing stuff that i enjoy with little um notion of wondering whether it will be accepted or like enjoyed by others um if that makes any sense no it does i think i, I think it does i so it's kind of like an iffy thing like it like it, it depends pretty much like yeah. like it's it's it, yeah yeah like okay okay <laughs> there there really isn't there really isn't a rhyme or reason for any of this to be honest with you like like I've, I've tried to think through my processes and try to make sense of them. And sometimes it, they, they do, you know, like they do come through and they, they make clear sense to me. And then sometimes I'm like, why did I creatively, why did I do this? Or, or why, why am I thinking a certain way about going, going about this a certain way? You know, it, it just, and, and I think a long time ago, like maybe a couple of years ago, like this was, this was before I took my break. And I think this is, I think this is partially what burnt me out was I started to value the viewer, uh, I think too much. Mm -hmm. And I, th and I think, 
I think that that put too much stress on me to create what other people loved instead of what I did. And that killed it. That absolutely killed it for me. That burnt me out. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm so like, int- like, that's why it's like really intriguing that, that you almost, you almost value the viewers like on an equivalent basis to your own. Like, yeah, I would say, I wouldn't say I value like myself more than the viewers necessarily. I think equivalent would be a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Okay. Cause I do because, definitely like, like I want to create good stuff that other people want right. to obviously. I mean, right. Me too. Me too. Of course. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily the main, the only focus or the only reason. Well, I mean, have you, okay. So the, the title to Pat's latest uh, solo, so selfish, right? Yeah. So that video, first of all, is incredible. I love that video. I always return to that video and I, I, I get so many just, it, it really inspires me, you know, and Pat was one of my biggest inspirations for becoming a, like actually delving as far as I did into packet cuts and my style as like a whole but that that's that word selfish okay so i think to a certain extent cardis and especially just artists in general have to be selfish i think you have to genuinely be selfish to to create yourself and portray yourself accurately because if you're not then it's just this mish this mishmash of 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 portrayals of others opinions instead of your own on on, onto our medium which is cards you know, and I love where people are going with stuff now, like with these little short videos, like Eric's doing really great with these, you know, like, like I thought they were his are phenomenal. Like people are like really going different places with videos and, and these little edits, you know, like it, there's, there's so many other mediums that can be intertwined with cards that I, I think it, it would be, I think it would, it would, it wouldn't be doing yourself justice if you didn't focus on, on what you wanted to do. If, if that if that involves incorporating all these other mediums and you know so be it um, but you know my main medium is cards and so I would love to make a cool edit you know like a cool super artistic and really like well thought edit that is well received you know but I'm I'm really just in it for the cards man like just my cardistry my, my art man I love it I love it you know and I, I love to share but you know like I'm I'm pretty selfish you know like I, I'm really like, that's why it takes me so long to be like happy with something like until I'm happy with it. You know, if I'll share an idea with someone and they'll tell me that's great, man, that's like, that's honestly great. Or that's not really good. You know, like depending on how they, how they receive it, you know, that doesn't affect me at all. Like anymore. It used to. And you know, sometimes it gets under my skin a little bit. Like, I mean, we're all human, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, for the most part, I'm pretty selfish. Like I'm only thinking about really how I'm feeling about something, you know, and that's how, that's how you stay, I think, consistent with yourself. I mean, it's, it's great to step out and explore, but, you know, staying consistent and like, as long as you're satisfied with it yourself and other people receive it, that's just a bonus, Mm -hmm. you know, receive it well. It's just a bonus. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, like you said, like being selfish is like a part of art. I would generally agree with that. I think like the people that kind of like step back from what everybody else is doing and kind of go their own route and like do something solely to express themselves or like, I think that's where the most unique stuff comes out of. Mm. Um, if that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And 
I'm I'm trying to think about like how to respond to that, but I I pretty much agree with exactly like that's great. Yeah, like I mean, stepping out of the norm, right? Like, okay, so packet cuts right now, I think we can consider like we can probably say are pretty damn common and popular. You know, like everyone's everyone's making packet cuts now, and like step like stepping out of your I guess stepping out of the norm right now would be like making an isolation or like like trying to make a new fan which is impossible now because so many fans have been made but you know like i think that's why packet cuts have become so popular and for that exact reason you know like you can pretty much make like there's there's unlimited possibilities you know like you can really just do just about anything and you can use the entirety of all of your hands like all of your fingers you know like there's just so many ways you can go about a packet cut I think that's why people are finally like realizing like, wow, like, okay, I, okay, I can, I can kind of carve out my own right here instead mm-hmm. of just struggling to come up with like a twirl or like a fan, you know, like packet cuts are getting to that point of being in, like intriguing to people. Yeah. And I, like, I've thought about this too. Like I was wondering if like, there's a way you could quantify like how many possible moves could ever be created. And I don't like, there's no way because no. there's so many motions, there's so many directions and, fingers obviously and like you can do stuff without just your hands too you can incorporate like your forearm feet mm. all their parts of your body and like times 52 as well like there's no way there's got to be like millions of like different variations that you could potentially do with packets i think it does say something now though like when we do see like similar ideas like popping up here and there you know like um i think that says something about the community like i i think it says something about how we how we view and perceive other people's moves you know like we don't even realize it but we're taking bits and pieces from everywhere because we like them right like we may not even like the whole move but we like this one little part where he curls his middle finger at a certain angle we're like wow like that's great like i want to do that too and then you do it one time you're like where does that come from and then you're like i think i just did that like that's cool like, I'm okay. I'm gonna incorporate that, and then you you come across something else, and you know, like that's kind of subtly how even though there is unlimited possibilities of where you could go, like pretty much unlimited, you know, like there's I'm sure there's a finite number you could come up with, but like realistically, the unlimited ideas. That's how we still manage to come across similar ideas, like to even this day, you know, like there's like this is a really young art form, you know, like. Think about like painting, music, like all of these other mediums have been existing for so long. And I mean, copycats are rampant. It's going to happen. It really is. Like regardless of whether you want it to or not, the same thing has been said three or four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times over somewhere else. You know, I've thought about that, too. Like it's so you like it's hard to sit down and be satisfied with something until I really feel like it's, it sets itself apart. I'll keep working with something until I find that, you know, uh, like it's, that's, that's what really makes me satisfied is when it's something feels complete and unique at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like one of my favorite things about Carter street, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before is like, you can like do something with Carter street and it's possible that it's never, ever been done before. And like, the history of ever yeah which is such a unique thing at this point like to have something that you that it's like it's crazy to think about for me um that i could potentially have done something that no one else has ever done before 
It's like an addicting thought. Exactly. Like you're like, okay, now I'm craving that. Like now I want to have that, you know? Like I, I think that's what's so attractive about cardistry and packet cuts, like you said. Mm, especially packet cuts because like the more and more I create packet cuts, you know, I might get tired. I might get bored with them. But I think that's just I think that's just your your maybe it's maybe it's your muscle memory in your brain telling you that I feel comfortable with this now. Like I'm comfortable with this idea instead of really, I, I try to view it like that because I don't want to fall down that path again where I feel like I'm burnt out and I want to just, just take a break because I love where I'm at in the community right now. I love being able to chat and have such a positive relationship with, with most people, like everyone pretty much. I don't really have any enemies. I don't really know anyone that's really negative, you know, like they like, honestly, um, but yeah, I, wholeheartedly agree with that it's really addicting genuinely like looking for that next like that brand new idea like that sparks something from like within everyone you know mm -hmm. like wow that's brand new that's so cool you know like when i first saw car destroy i was like i never really thought about destroying my decks of cards but man there's some really cool shit you can make with car destroy like really mm -hmm. it's interesting too that now you have like genres of cardistry and like the like what is defined as cardistry is starting to get blurred you know because mm. there's so I, many I, yeah. like... I, I think the i think the further down the road we travel of cardistry we're gonna start like this is just an example like we've we what you said is exactly an example like we're we're finally figuring out what it means for certain things to be distinguished from one another it's not just all cardistry it's not just all xcm like like you can really kind of just find your own lane and just go with it just head straight down you know and just delve in mm -hmm. yeah and i think you see like you got i think to a lesser extent there's some people that like really only do fans and like there's a lot of people that really only do packet cuts and like there's mm. like it's interesting to see um that there are like specific niches whereas in the past it was usually like you learned a little bit of everything right exactly like there's, I, you know what? I don't even have to say it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like people, people create their styles and stuff out of those little, those little things that they, they find an enjoyment out of like those little niches, you know, like they, they kind of like find their own little lane, you know, which is great. Like the fact that you can even do that is, is awesome. When you're like, you're in that creative space, you know, like you're, you feel it like you're making something like you can tell the difference between like when you're just going through the motions, right? Yeah. Like I, so, okay. At a certain point, I feel like things kind of get stale. Like, of course. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I think, so, I think stuff gets, stuff gets stale, like going through the motions over and over again. Like it can, it can feel like, it can feel like things get repetitive. Like I start using the same mechanics over and over again, or like I kind of get bored with myself almost like I'm like, okay, can I like, am I not creative enough to come up with something different? Like, honestly, but you know, through that staleness comes that little, that little accidental slip up where you actually make something different. Like, okay. Like instead of taking it this way, how about I grab my thumb or like, or like, okay, well, I dropped everything, but you know, like, <laughs> like it's just something that different happens, you know, like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it, yeah, yeah. Like, like something different just happens and it kind of like, 
encourages you and motivates you to keep keep trying even even through the boring the boring little details i actually have a question for you actually so okay so what was what was the last time that you felt like a move kind of just solved itself did you ever have a feeling like that at all yes um i have one interlock move and like Sam, literally one. <laughs> yeah, literally one. It's like it's interlocked for like four seconds. <laughs> like, Same, bro. Like literally, like it's like it's like ten seconds maybe, and then I I kind of like make it a whole effort to get out of it. But mm -hmm. yeah. But I remember, um, I I did this. I was a part of the Squeezers V three trailer for Organic Playing Cards. Okay. And like the whole day or two before, I'm like, okay, I'm making something new for this uh, trailer. And then that just kind of happened, this interlock move, which um, I don't even know if it's that great. And I honestly, I forgot it recently. I had to look it up to figure out how to do it again. <laughs> I, I've had that happen too, man, I swear. I actually had to look at the trailer to like repiece it together, the opening part. But yeah, it's really, it's equal parts satisfying and dissatisfying. Because yeah. like, like you said, there is like an element of, where you appreciate a move when you like you work at it and like nail it out and like grind it out. And then like when something just kind of happens, you're like, Oh sweet. I have a move now. And then it's also like, that was kind of boring. Like it just, <laughs> like, it just it happened really, right in front of really me. It was really exciting for the, like the hour or however, however long it took to do. And then you're just like, well, now it's done though. <laughs> yeah. Now I can do it. There's no struggle at all. There's no, there's no like second guessing myself. Like it normally is, you know, like it kind of just worked out. I've never, I think I've had that once. I think I've had that happen once, really, honestly. And I was so used to struggling with coming up with moves, <laughs> just like, 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 not coming up, but like finishing a move, completing a move, that when it just kind of happened, like right before my eyes, and I actually remembered everything I did, like I did, like exactly how I did it. Like that's, that's another thing I have a problem with is like, I don't even remember, like if I find something cool, it's another challenge for me to remember exactly how I got there and what I did, you know? And yeah, I find I, I always have to be recording Like if I ever want to like go back to something that I did midway through, like mm. to figure out what exactly I did, even if I like, I do something and then I'm at a certain point, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And like, how did I get here? <laughs> like I have to repiece <laughs> it together. Like looking at the exactly. Video. Oh yeah. I like, I mean, that's a whole other challenge, you know? And that's the, that's the amazing thing with people who are conceptual thinkers is like they can usually have a pretty good, pretty good track record of where they got from place to place, you know, but if you're a hand thinker and you kind of just go with the flow and you kind of just create, you got to, you have to like be keeping a memory of what actions you're making and kind of follow patterns to really remember what you're doing. It's a lot harder than it, than it seems, man. Mm -hmm. I swear. I find a lot of times too, if I have like an idea of in my head of what I want to try to make, some motion or something it never ever really turns out the way that i had imagined and it turns into something like similar but to holistically different okay um yeah i find that i find that pretty often too um like where i thought i was going with some, with one thing and it kind of just completely like went off the rails and went somewhere else you know i i, I really feel that like mm -hmm. i mean honestly if you if you're satisfied with where it went, even if it went away from what you were like, it, even if it deviated away from what you were going for, I mean, win win. 
right? Like it went, it, like it's something new to you and you like it. Like, come on, that's great. I think you said you've watched the episode before. I don't know if you watched the end, um, but at the end, I usually do what I call the rapid round of questions. Yes. Three minutes okay. of random questions and the goal is to answer them as quick as possible. All right. I told myself, I, yeah, I know this. I told myself I was going to break whatever record you got here. So I'm going to just answer quickly and we're moving through them. We're zooming. We're lightning, lightning around here. What would the title of your autobiography be? Greg. <laughs> I am Greg. Have you ever broken a bone? I fractured my ankle one time. Basketball. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles all day. If, if an actor portrayed you in a movie, who would it be? Ryan Reynolds, because he's a sexy mofo. <laughs> uh, favorite unoriginal move? I'm going to have to go with Stallone by Pat. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Telekinesis. All Cats day. Dogs. Cats. And I'll, stay, I'll stick on that. Favorite type of food? Fried chicken, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, toilet paper over or under? Over. Do you play? Video under is a weirdo. I do. I play hella video games. All right. Do you have a favorite? Uh, I, I play a lot of Apex Legends. A lot. Uh, summer or winter? Summer. Coke or Pepsi? Regular Coke. Favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie? I'd say Split was really good, honestly. Yeah, Split. I'm gonna go with Split or Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. uh, your favorite TV show right now? Oh man, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, probably. Nine-Nine? Okay. So uh, favorite brand or music? music? Favorite brand? Oh, our musician. Band. Uh, Sorry. My favorite band or musician, okay. Uh, Juice World. I'm gonna go with Juice World just because I've been following him since literally the dead beginning. Mm. Favorite restaurant? Chick Fil A, man. Chick Fil A. I don't even have one near me, and it's so unfortunate. It's like three hours away, man. I have one next to my work, and I go there too often. Damn. Android or iPhone? iPhone, because I got one, and I had an Android, and I'm glad I have an iPhone. Um, if you could have, if you could have coffee with any Disney character, who would it be? Any Disney character? Yes. Oh man. Uh, what's that? Sno what's that snowman from? Uh... Olaf. Yes, Olaf. Right. Okay, there we go. That's what I just. I, first thing that popped in my head. <laughs> pa do pineapples belong on pizza? No. Oh no. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> um. All right. Who is the most famous cardist you've ever met? The most famous? Okay. I've met Matt, I've met Pat, probably one of them. All right. How many did I get? Come on. Tell me how many I got. That's got to be more than 16, man. That's got to be. I don't know. I wasn't counting. <laughs> no, no. I have to look at it in post. There's no <laughs> okay. way I'm taking that. this. Yo, listen, I'm taking, I'm taking the belt. Oh, yeah. It depends on how, how quickly and concise you answer, man. I'm taking the belt. I'm taking it. Someone's gonna have to un uncrown me next time. I'm telling you. All right, <laughs> great. Thank <laughs> you for uh, being on the show. I really enjoyed talking with you. I hope 
everybody listening enjoyed it as well. Um, at the end of the show, I like to do what I call roll out the close-up pad. And that's basically just saying, is there anything you would like to promote, promote or any last thing you would like to leave the audience with? Ah, oh, man. Uh, anything I'd like to promote? Um, well, my boy Leo is making amazing decks of cards out here. Missing New York. He's got 200 left of the thermals. I don't know when this is going to drop. There might be less than that. If you haven't copped one, you need to go buy one. The homie is making amazing decks of cards. Uh, I don't know. Shout out Jack. Shout out Trin. Shout out all my homies. I'm not going to sit here and name every one of you, but you know who you are. Um, check me on Instagram, man. I make I make moves. I don't really post as much as I'd like to, but, you know, we're out here. <laughs> Hanging. Thank all you right. for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Obviously, like usual, links to any of Greg's stuff will be in the description if you guys want to check him out. Um, I hope everybody has a wonderful day and, uh, we'll see you guys later. All right. All right. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Card Street Talk. If you enjoyed it, consider following the podcast. You can also find me on YouTube and Instagram.